Live from Ceridian Insights, we're talking with top industry executives and changemakers. Be inspired, connect, and learn. Here are your hosts, Mark Pfeffer and William Tincup. Mark, here we go. Here we go, another one, another one? Another, another Ceridian executive. We're talking a lot. And about technology and data today. And, yeah. and we actually get, you and I get to scratch ditch that we've wanted to scratch for a while now in terms of talent intelligence. So, right. uh, Soman, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and uh, what you do for Ceridian? Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Soman Mondell. I'm the general manager of talent intelligence at Ceridian. And I came in through an acquisition. So I started a company, which is so cool because William actually interacted with my company, Ideal.com, before it was acquired. So we started that company about 2014, not wanting to be a talent intelligence company. Just we actually wanted to figure out how to match people to jobs. And that was our, you know, our second company that we tried to start. And so we built Ideal, which eventually became a talent intelligence company. So I'll talk about that. And we were acquired by Ceridian just about 18 months ago. So what I do now is I manage, I'm the general manager of all of our talent products. So recruiting, onboarding, performance, learning, compensation, engagement. I think I got them all. I always miss one. So I manage all of that with my business partner. So my business partner is closer to the product side. I'm a little bit closer to the sales and marketing side and it's been a great trip so far. Good. Wow. So why don't you start off with a, I guess a grounding question, but talent intelligence. What is it? So the best way to think about talent intelligence is, you know, whenever we're we're talking to customers and they have the same problem, like, how do I understand this? And so the best way to think about it is, you know, think about the systems you have in your consumer life. Think about how you shop, how you watch movies, how you listen to music. So what people don't realize is those systems use end-to-end data. They are figuring out, if you use Google, for example, they're presenting you with an ad, they're following you, and then they're figuring out if you made a purchase, and they're using all of that intelligence to make better recommendations and suggestions. So think of it in a world of talent. We have recruiting data, then we have onboarding data, then we have performance data, then we have compensation data and payroll data. So if you take all of that end-to-end data, and then you can learn from that entire cycle, mm-hmm. it's kind of the, similar to how you're buying products or, 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 or watching movies. So it's using that end-to-end data to provide intelligence in things like, hey, how do I match myself to a job? How do I look at succession? Who's my next leader in the company? Using all that data set. So talent intelligence is us is using end-to-end data to generate recommendations and suggestions for talent leaders, whatever they're doing, whether they're in recruiting and it's a screening decision or a someone in, uh, you know, a manager looking for someone to kind of promote. Right. It, it's that end-to-end data. And is this a real thing? And the reason, the reason I ask that is there's been a lot of technology and such in HR that is pretty much buzzword driven. So where does this stand? So I, w- I definitely don't think it is uh, a buzzword. So, so where I think there's reality and, and maybe not so much reality is, and we saw this as a startup. As a startup, we would connect to all the ATSs. But that has a limited data set, right? You have, it's almost like Google Ads, you're only getting who clicked on the ad and that's it. You don't know who bought the product. So we saw the problem at Ideal because we would connect to all of the different HCM providers, ATSs, you name it, we connected to them. But we only knew who applied to a job and then potentially 
maybe who was hired. And then we don't know what happened after that. You know, how long did they stay for? And so I think to get that end-to-end data, I think talent intelligence is real, but the, the dream of knowing all of the data from end-to-end, that is not a reality to most companies that do talent intelligence because it's just too many integrations. It's, it's impossible. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes very, very difficult from an en- enterprise implementation standpoint. And so, and, and that's the, one of the advantages that we saw that Ceridian had was that we had that end-to-end data in our system. It's that single system, single database. So that, that, that was very compelling for us from a, from a data standpoint. I think it's also the data that you sit on. Like this is kind of the, the thing that I, same thing that we might've seen with analytics. Inside of the four walls of one app, you'd have analytics. Great. But it was only the four walls of that app, right? Because Ceridian's sitting on both the core and payroll benefits and all the talent data, you're sitting on a much bigger data set to then be able to uh, at least render intelligence. Now, I think my, my next question would be, okay, well, now that you're intelligent, you know, now what do you do with that? Like, so what, is it, what does it become or what do you see the next phase of the intelligence giving you guidance or recommendations or et cetera? So that's a great question. So even to bring to your example how things are kind of siloed, like even if you look at pay equity, pay equity is only siloed to, to pay. Well, what about equity in the beginning of the funnel? What about equity in hiring? What about equity in promotion? So when you think about that end-to-end funnel, just looking at that one example of equity, you can literally go end-to-end. Hey, are we making equitable decisions in how we interview people? Looking at demographics at the top of your funnel, to who was interviewed, to who was hired, who was promoted, who was let go. That's kind of like the power of that, that one database. It's taking away those siloed, four-wall approach to looking at the entire intent. So that's a great example. Equity is one of those examples where you couldn't really do that without like a massive data lake. I think our CTO called it a, a data swamp, uh, you know, uh, of, of data that you just put everywhere. So that's that's a, an example. And so the once you're intelligent, uh, again, once do you see the future of this becoming more of a, okay, connecting the dots that you didn't know that you could connect and then here's what to do with that data? To me, it's... Like an action layer or... It's, to, to us, it's yeah, a recommendation layer. Got it. Uh, yeah. It, so the best way that, in our in our dream case scenario, right. you know, when you always bring up the consumer apps because everyone kind of relates to those. When you, when you log into Netflix or Amazon, you don't think about all the machine learning that goes in the background. Right. You just see a suggestion. Right. And we want our practitioners to come on into the system whether they use the recommendations or not, we're not forcing them to make decisions. Right. Oh, but okay, out of the thousand people applied, hey, we should go after these five people as a recommendation. It should just be second nature. It, right. it shouldn't be something that you have to think about. It should just be second nature. So that's, that's our dream uh, of, of, of how someone could use the system. It just works. Because you mentioned machine learning, what is the technology that kind of brings that intelligence to bear? It is machine learning. It is machine learning. So, so it's machine learning is at the core of what we do. Right. It's using all of that data to train itself. But then to have proper machine learning, you need transparent algorithms, so uh, explainability. And then the piece that people miss is the auditability. You need to audit your algorithms. And now uh, New York is coming out with new regulations January 1st. So this is going to come to be a real thing. Right. So I think what people don't miss, or miss quite often is, hey, you need to audit your algorithms, you need to do bias reports. Now it's a little bit of a gray area. You should do that just because it's a good thing to do, but it's gonna come into law. So I think that's a, uh, uh, an area that's interesting. So that's the machine learning bit of it. Uh, 
It has I, to be transparent, have to be auditable. I love so much that you didn't say AI. I could almost <laughs> hug you right now because most people, it's like a sucker punch, most people would have said AI and not machine learning just as a blanket statement. So first of all, but, thank you yeah, no problem. for not doing that. Because <laughs> I think we both came back from HR Tech with like, okay, every third booth said AI. Uh, Look, you know, in defense of the people that did that, it's usually people understand it easier because AI is more of a, you know, like oh, I hear about it to movies and I get it, but uh, you know. It's better to just talk about what it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's funny. <laughs> So talk, talk to us about Serenity Insights. What have you, uh, this is, I guess, your first one? Because you were a partner before, I would assume. We were a partner before. We actually came as a partner. Okay. And then last year, because of COVID, we had something called Ceridian World Tour. Right. And this is the first big Las Vegas, uh, thousands of people's event for me. So for, for me, it's just refreshing to see people in person, mm -hmm. whether they're partners or customers, talking to them. You know, we forget how important that is. So it's been really great just talking to customers, understanding you know what they need, even meeting the executive team. We we you know um, meeting my peers, oh, yeah. pe people that I work with outside that, of Zoom. Yeah, that we've maybe never met or maybe re re very rarely has been you know interesting. And so I think that is good. We put a couple of great announcements out at the keynote that we thought were interesting. Our new skills engine that we that we released. Uh, which is a technology that we've been developing for a while that came from the ideal acquisition. So it's just been such a great event. So the few, go ahead, Mark. Uh, well, I'm going to jump back to talent intelligence for a minute because what what are you finding the reaction is mm. from users, whether yeah. they're executives or practitioners? Once I think talent intelligence is a word that we use, but we kind of explain it in different ways to the customer or prospect or, 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 or um, you know, people that are interested. So the way that I describe it, without having to use the word talent intelligence, I was like, hey, take a look at talent intelligence from the perspective of three different people. A candidate, a recruiter, and an employee. So in the old way, a candidate would use keywords to search for a job on a website. In the new way, they upload their resume and their suggested jobs that are a great fit. That's an example of talent intelligence. As a recruiter, open up a job rec, what do you do? Well, rarely will a recruiter search their ATS. They'll just wait for inbound applicants to come in. So imagine you open up a rec, you have a pool of 10,000 candidates, and suggestions are made based on people that have applied in the past. That's another example of talent intelligence. Third example is an employee. I'm an employee, I wanna build my career. I wanna go from an intern to a chief marketing officer. How do I do that? Talent intelligence builds learning development plans, gig opportunities, job opportunities, suggestions. That's how we describe it, because just saying talent intelligence, you're right, people sometimes don't immediately pick up on it. So we give them concrete examples of these suggestions are using all the data that you have, but it's a lot more easier to understand. And so that's, that's the way that we describe it usually. I would almost say that at one point, we won't say talent intelligence. It'll just be there. Yeah. You know, well, kind of like the, the Netflix uh, example is a great example. It's yeah. just, you just come to expect it. You don't think about what's going on. Like when you ask Alexa about something, you're not thinking about, well, what's going on in the back end? Well, at one point when Alexa first came to market, they had to talk about that. But, you know, we'll know that it's on the right track when people start referring to it as TI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I live near the city where 
Texas Instruments is, so <laughs> I, I'm familiar with TI. I'm We're sure d- 10 years ago, Netflix called it movie intelligence, and it, you oh, know, sure. it, was, it was a feature. And <laughs> now, now it's just, you know. The, 100%, yeah. it just is. <laughs> yeah. It just is, right? So what do you see uh, next year? What does it look like for you with, with all the, the products? Again, not, not anything under embargo or secret or anything like that, but where do you where would you like to see the, the, the business and where would you like to see your customers rise? The theme that we're seeing in 2023 is all around reskilling. Mm-hmm. So if 2022 was a year of retention, 2023, we just put out a, a pulse of talent survey yep. and a lot of it's around reskilling. So our strategy obviously is around skills, career development, career pathing with our Career Explorer product. We see the next year really focusing on uh, on reskilling, upskilling, skilling in general. And then beyond that, oh, you know, it's really it's really taking advantage of that end-to-end data. So it's 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 you know, we're doing a lot of that in learning, but going further than that, like hey, how do you make compensation recommendations? How do you how do you, you know, how do you how do you combine market data, compensation data? How do you look at aggregate data? Uh, you know, we have over 5,000 customers, you know, so uh, you know, we have a lot of data that we can use. Being able to use that to create benchmarks that really provide those nudges to our, to our customers, that's where long-term, we're doing, obviously we're doing that, some of that now, but really taking that to the next level. I love that. So one, one thing I'm thinking about with skills is, as you thought about both the skills product when you were doing it at, at Ideal, is the breadth and depth of skills like trying to map out like what someone has a skill because you could you've managed a lot of or, or hired a lot of developers somebody comes in and says they know python it's like okay well what what exactly does that mean right so how have y'all thought about in terms of kind of getting an audit of where people are skills wise because when we say reskilling or upskilling all that sounds great yeah but it, there's a baseline somewhere of like, well, how do you know what someone has in order to then go in current state versus future state? So if we want to look kind of future, future, how do you confirm that the skills, because there's a whole technology around skills right. and then kind of validating skills. Right. But the only real way to do that is to say, okay, we said these are the skills this person has. Well, let's see where that person is in two years. Right, like, yeah, we can also, we have scales of how to grade your stuff. Yeah, okay, that's great. But right. the only real way to do that is to say, okay, we promoted this person to a manager. Let's use inferred performance data, such as did the person stay at the job for two years? Did they get a promotion to the next position above from that? Using that data, then you can start validating skills at that next level. And, and, and that's where okay. I think, uh, I don't think anyone is there yet, but no. that, that's where with the, with the full database, you can start with the full data set, you can start doing things like that. Validating skills behind the scenes without user input. Hmm. Someone said this to, I think to me a couple weeks ago, and it kind of, kind of got me thinking about skills in a different way. It's like skills, we think of them as finite. Like, like, like you know, there's a box and it's, it's a skill. It's like there's micro skills. Like you learn something every day. And you also you forget some things. So you diminish your skills, kind of go away. Mm-hmm. Some skills, if you don't use them, they kind of go away, right? And so the, the idea is, what he was kind of talking about is like micro skills. It's like, like these are all like Legos, little bitty tiny building blocks of something much larger. 
And somebody, and again, what's the breadth and depth of that depends on what's being asked. So skills are constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's it's a it's not a snapshot. What what is your the relationship right now with skills and in kind of what y'all see and envision with an internal mobility, like being able to understand for an organization, one of your clients, here's what you have, here's what you need, and then here's how to get there. So our Career Explorer path, um, our Career Explorer product we just announced literally breaks it down into three sections. So inferring what a person has from sources such as recruiting, right. but also self-disclosing skills. So we're right. not, we can't infer everything. And then using their career aspirations to figure out what skills they're missing. Hey, I want to do this, this, this. Not just upward positions, but also lateral positions or sure. completely different positions. And then using the data that we have in learning and jobs to fill that skills gap. So it's exactly what you said, it's three different steps. What skills do you have? What skills are you missing based on your aspirations? How do we fill in those gaps? So that's the way that we look at skills. And, um, and, and it, that's wrapped into our Skills Explorer product. Sorry, Career Explorer product. Can, can you have a, a skills surplus? Because we talk about deficit, like we've talked about skills gap for 20 years now. Right. So it's not like a new concept, but but I haven't heard as many people talk about the opposite side of that, where, okay, gap, got it, this is what we're missing. Can you have uh, an abundance of skills, like a surplus of skills? I, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, that's one of the things of the skills engine is to look at what inventory of skills do we have, and, and perhaps that would have, a, you know, maybe we have... Maybe in certain tech companies, they have too many developers, and right. and, and and they need to round that out a little bit. Yeah, it's like right? we've over-indexed on Python, or yeah. we've over-indexed on on Java, and we don't have enough of this other thing, which, yeah. which is great, up until the point where it's not great. Um, the Pulse of Talent report. I was wondering when you read it, what were the big takeaways for you? For me, it was that people didn't have a direct career path. I think the statistic was 47 people, 47% of people know have a clear path. But that means 53% of people don't know where they're going next. So to me, that was a kind of eye-opening. And, 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 and that's why I think the next year's skilling is gonna be, reskilling, upskilling is you know part of that career pathing. I think that's gonna be important. So that to me, that was a kind of an eye-opening fact. And do you think we're, you know, we're seven weeks away from 2023 and we're required to ask this question about what you see happening in 2023, um, you know, with skills, but also with, with the workforce and HR in general? And I, I think the, con the continuation of, you know, I, skills, technology, all of that is going to get more and more advanced. I do think that's the case. I think from a business standpoint, I think there's going to be probably consolidation in the world of HR tech. That's a whole other side conversation, oh, yeah. but I, I, I do see that coming, having so many point solutions. You know, the pendulum kind of shifts back and forth, right? You know, you go point solution, point solution, and then you go single solution. And I think we're, we're going back to the, the, the single solution uh, days. I think gigs and elastic workforce, but being able to do that right now is a little bit of the Wild West where, you know, how do you pay people? How do you get the people into your, your projects? Being able to organize that in your, your HCM system, I think is something else that I see as a trend coming. You've been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy, especially at a, at a trade show like this. You're 
pulled in a thousand different directions, but I appreciate your time. So great to see you again. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Find out more at www.ceridian.com forward slash insights.